everyone, how we doing? My name is Brace Harris. And I'm Victoria Fenton. And we are... Unveiled. Welcome. Welcome. How's everybody doing out there? Do a check-in. Yes, self-check. Body scan. Yes. Scan it out. Yes. Check in with the heart. <laughs> Feel your toes now. Feel your feet. Ah. We should do this. Feel your... Ooh, do you want to do yeah, a, go a on, grounding? Go do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, everybody, we're going to do a little bit of grounding. Impromptu grounding via Brace Harris. We're going to take a moment, wherever you are, if you're lying down on the bed, you're in your car, sitting on a chair, on the floor, wherever you find yourself, just check in with the points of contact, the weight of your arms and feet. the bed against your back, or the seat, the chair. Just checking in. Noticing your senses. What do you hear? What do you smell? Maybe even taste. Now I want you to put your attention on your breath. Just observing how is each breath different from the last? Are they shallow or deep? Nothing to shift, nothing to change. Just notice. And just real quickly, we're going to do a body scan, starting at the top of the head. And remember, we're just observing. We're not looking to shift or change, just observe. It's just an intake. Starting at the top of the head, scanning down to the forehead, moving past the eyes and the nose, to the jaw, noticing where there's tension, are you clenching, are you relaxed, and to the neck and throat, to the upper shoulders, moving into the chest. the diaphragm, the stomach area, to the pelvic area, just noticing. Past your sit bones, and in to the top of your legs, moving down into the knees, to the calves and the lower leg, into your ankles, your feet. Just checking in with the breath once more. And taking just those moments as anything shifted. And again, just noticing. Whatever's there is perfect.
Now we're just moving back into the room. Feeling those points of contact again. The weight of the hands, the feet. Just moving back into the space. Aware of our senses now. And whenever you're ready, you can slowly open your eyes and just pause just for a moment. Pause in that time that you have taken for yourself. And just taking stock of everything that you observed. And now, with that information, <laughs> you can... Well, actually, that information can help you assess where you may be holding energy, tension. And you can move into those spaces and work those areas in whatever way that means for you. Whether it be you go get a massage or you, if there's energy there, you get to talk that out with your coach or partner or friend in whatever way that means for you. And let that energy move. Check in with it. See. Does it have any messages for you? Because it always does. Mm. If you can find it and it's there and it's trying to talk to you. And I use talk to you with quotes around it. Because, you know, if there's pain or tension. or I mean, it's telling you something. Whether that just be physical alone. Which I don't necessarily think it is it always is connected to something beyond because the body is very much an indication of what's going on in your inner world so yeah so thank you for doing that with me letting me guide you through that really quickly and thank you Bryce yes I that was fun that, that, that was, was that was a fun little impromptu I was like ooh. Okay. I know and, and this is what I love about this because like we get to go anywhere we want to, mm -hmm. and off-piste and on-piste and <laughs> all the things. <laughs> That's the best part about having a podcast. Like, we, ha we have an agenda. Well, <laughs> we, we have a, a list of things that we, we want to hit and, and talk about, mm. but there's no map that we have to follow, mm. Mm. which is great. Yeah, and just to say that now, as opposed to leaving it to the end of the podcast, we really don't. We really, 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 really are interested in your views, your thoughts, your, you know, what topics would you like to hear? Where would you like to go with us and Unveil? Mm. And we are open to hearing pod, uh, podcast topic suggestions. Just email us, podcast at unveilenterprises.com. And we're really inter interested in, in understanding where people feel they need more information uh, or just us to walk them through stuff. So we're totally down for that. Plus, yeah. like, there's the real risk that we may run out of ideas, but, like, <laughs> you know, not for a while, <laughs> just being honest, like, because we're in this for the long haul, so. Yes. I love it. Hmm. How are you doing, Bryce? I'm really good. Yeah. Tell us more. Very good. Um, very calm. Uh, the way I'm moving for, uh, through my life now compared to who I was a few days before is very different. Um, just to give you guys kind of an insight, a small insight into, I was able to do some work with uh, Miss Victoria Fenton here um, and work on my own. And she supported me so much in that. And I had my own breakthrough, uh, which has shifted my life in the best way. And Everything feels different. Mm. It feels very, very different. And mm. if if you've had a breakthrough in your life, you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. And if you have not, which is okay, know that those experiences are very real mm. and they are available to you. Mm -hmm. But it takes you stepping up and committing to yourself mm -hmm. and doing the work. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm feeling, to answer your question, mm. I am feeling very good. I, mm. I continue to use the word very clean. Everything mm. that I do is very clean. There's nothing attached or a, a, a little kind of 
unseen mm-hmm. by myself, mm-hmm. unseen agenda mm-hmm. that's going on to make me feel safe. Mm-hmm. Am I explaining mm. this? Okay, beautiful. Um, everything is very clean. Mm-hmm. It, it's a wonderful feeling, mm. wonderful feeling. <laughs> so yes, how are you doing? Good, yeah. So let's orient people. We mm. have now, now, this week, yesterday, yesterday? yesterday? Did we do it yesterday? Was it only yesterday? Launched the Unveil Enterprises website. Website. Unveilenterprises.com is now live and is, um, we are so proud of it. (laughs) Very proud of it. Mm. And uh, our web designer, (laughs) also, is Victoria Brenton, (laughs) knocked this puppy out in record time and it's gorgeous and beautiful and I just, you know, just want to acknowledge you for all the hard work that you've put in it's it's beautiful like somebody was like brace can you design a website and i'm like well i can draw you a picture of a ninja turtle and that's about it <laughs> and i've seen it's ninja turtle and you'd be hard pushed to know it was a ninja turtle <laughs> you know what it's it's good i mean it's, it's it's good it really hasn't changed since i was a kid <laughs> which tells you everything you need <laughs> to know <laughs> <laughs> but uh but it's good but it's 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 beautiful uh, and and there's a lot of great information about some of the services that we offer and our philosophies about what we're doing and mm-hmm. coaching and um, and what we are building, mm. Mm. and it's it's really good to to have that up to be able to give back and, and let people a little bit further into our world. Sure. So there you go. Yes, and so like I'm good because that's up, that's out. Yes. Um, and I was, I almost put an Instagram thing on this morning and then didn't, but like joking, cause our timeline, our ultimate timeline for that was like March, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> then Victoria just went, I think I might need to apply for a visa race. And he was like, okay. And Brace's comment of this is all moving like way faster than I'm comfortable with was like a yeah. few weeks ago. And then now yeah. here we are and we're out and we're launched and I have an attorney who's working very hard on visas. Yes, um, she is. And I too went through some stuff this week that Brace expertly held space for and supported and allowed me to to not be the CEO of Unveil Enterprises for an hour and just be Victoria who had stuff on her heart that didn't need to be there and didn't need to stay there anymore. And so that was a very nice release for me this week. Yeah. You did amazing you did amazing work. (laughs) And it was not it was not an easy journey, you guys. There yeah. It was well, not an easy journey for her, mm. like, but that's what it takes. Mm. If you want to come out on the other side of everything that you feel like you're struggling with, mm-hmm. you've got to get in the goo. Mm. <laughs> you got to go through. You got to go through the goo. Yeah. And seriously, on the other side, wow, it's the crispy bits. Yep. <laughs> Freedom. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. And 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 to be clear, we did some empty chair work, which we'll talk about at some point on yeah. the podcast, and. Um, it was really impactful. Um, and it actually just goes to show as well, I really, I love that we're in person mm-hmm. because the energy of just, like this this week, we've both been in spaces where just having the other person walk over and give them a hug was medicine. It was absolutely magic. And that, it really makes me realize the impact of the last 18 months getting on for two years now of the whole pandemic and how... That just in and of itself with the isolation that it causes has been massively damaging for people. And, yeah. and just not having that in-person huggy contact, it, it's, um, it, it takes its toll. So. Yeah, it was a heavy price. Yeah. Mm. A heavy price. But today... <sighs> but today, and sort of inspired by our cleanness and yeah. our work in the last week, but also a little bit leading on from our Masculine and Feminine Dynamics podcast, which we will have launched last week and you'll notice by the way numbers by the way guys we are not giving out numbers anymore because we are completely out of order and recording all like left right and center (laughs) and it will be coming out in the right order the number will be in your podcast app of choice and yet we have no idea what number this actually is nevertheless it is following on from our masculine and feminine dynamics podcast yes what are we talking about Royce? we are talking about non-violent communication today Mm. and we're going to talk about communication in general but nonviolent communication is kind of a thing in the coaching space in the like conscious people conscious coupling world Mm -hmm. to actually ensure people don't just get triggered all the time yep so let's start by defining what nonviolent communication 
kind of is and what it's designed for. Yes. So nonviolent communication and the word violent is something that I got hung up on initially mm-hmm. when, when I was first learning about it. It was like nonviolent. It's like, it's not like I go up and punch people. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's not what it's talking about. It's mm. like taking the energy, the aggression um, out of how we speak to people when we have stuff come up and we need them to... I don't know necessarily step up for us, but just step into what needs to transition in order for everyone mm-hmm. to win mm-hmm. uh, in any scenario mm-hmm. in life, whether that be in relationships or work or, you know, I'm sure if you're in HR, like nonviolent communication is something that you are an expert uh, in. Um, yeah, so check in with your HR person and they'll probably know exactly what you're going to be talking about. Yes, because it's um, all about communicating without charge. So actually what we were just saying about being clean and being saying what is necessary to be said mm-hmm. without having that emotional frequency of antagonism or trigger or attack within the words. And that's where the violence comes from because we can be go. very sloppy with our language. We can be very kind of accusatory without meaning to be. And sometimes these phrases that are just received wisdom and kind of well-known things actually have those slight barbs of in them of like actual about to wound. And you can call it passive aggressive. You can call it just like meanness. But actually sometimes in saying what you really want to say and is on your heart, you slip up and you say stuff that's a step beyond and we're not talking about here those kind of arguments that we've all had where you you know that person's weak spot and you go I'm just gonna press on that button Button, because I know it's the one that's gonna actually make them realize that's not what we're talking about we're talking about a level beyond where that would even come up we're talking about people who are trying to have a communication that is communicating essentially a need that is there that has brought up something inside that individual that needs to be communicated without it leading to World War Three. Yes. So an example of that. Well, you know what? First, let's give an example of violent communication. Right. Or Yeah, yeah well, violent, violent communication is when you do this... You know, it makes me feel like I'm like completely disrespected and like I just... I don't understand why you can't just do this because I've asked you to. That's a terrible way to communicate to somebody. Because then, if like if she said that to me, and like the well, person A says that to person B, and person B is like walls everything, like they just go full on defense mode. And defense can mean fight back. Defense yep. can mean how dare you down. say that to yeah. me? Um, or as you was exactly where I was going. Defense can mean shut down. Defense can mean walk away. Mm-hmm. And typically, if you do any one of those things, you're going to trigger the person who brought the things own stuff so if yeah. somebody's got abandonment wounds and you say i can't deal with this right now and you walk away they're suddenly yeah. left bereft and they're never going to say anything again or they'll try again but they're abandonment wounds. it's all of this violent communication is when you speak in a way that triggers somebody else's wounds yeah and then they don't feel safe right. they don't feel safe to communicate even if they want to say something to you they don't feel safe enough to even say that yeah. because it's going to be thrown back and it's going to throw it back in my face or blah 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 or you know um, well, you know, and they'll never understand. Yeah, and, and oftentimes my clients, by the time they come to me, particularly if I'm dealing with people who've been in long-term relationship, they're no longer at the point where they're having violent communication, quote unquote. They're at the point where they're no longer speaking to one another, particularly about anything useful, because they've been so beaten up by this attack process of trigger wound, trigger wound, trigger wound, run, trigger wound, attack. Yeah, that and they're just not bothering anymore. Not speaking is saying something. Yeah, if you're not speaking, that is a in my opinion, violent communication because you're using your silence as a weapon. Yeah. You're weaponizing it. Well, and also it can be it can be that, but it can also just be there is no point in having a communication at all because the, the experience of communication within that particular relationship has been so unfruitful that there's no point in bringing the thing to the table. Also very true. And yeah. it's, that's, this is, I think, the root of conflict in relationships. Romantic relationship, friendship relationships, all of that. It's the way we speak to each other is often not the way the other person needs to be spoken to. Mm -hmm. And I do want to caveat this with, this can sound, when we get into like what it is and how to do it, it can sound super flippant scripted and as if you kind of like got to hang on a second, just got to look at my crib sheet before you can actually say what you want to say. I think I, I do like the idea of nonviolent communication. I personally find it a bit clunky. 
and it's yeah, it very is. American. Yeah. Sorry, Americans, but for all my Brits out there, you'll get you'll understand this when we get there. It's very kind of <laughs> it sounds like New Age spirituality yeah. with an American accent. You yeah. know, the story I'm telling myself about this is because the the whole point is you're trying to decrease blame, and this is the whole thing. Yeah. And the heart of nonviolent communication is the person who's trying to bring the topic is owning a huge element of what is coming up for them. So the way we do that can be taught in terms of tips, tricks, and like how to navigate the conversation. But ultimately, if you come from a place of owning your stuff and knowing it's within you and acknowledging that all you're trying to do is decrease the the words and the the barbs in the sentence that could actually trigger something in the other person so sometimes it's about literally crafting the conversation so you never say a word that could possibly be taken wrong and other times it's about prefacing the entire conversation with and I don't mind being super honest, we've just had a conversation which, if we were any other people, could have gone into being conflicty. Yes. But And you didn't use a non-violent communication sentence, but you prefaced it with, I know this is about me, I need you to know that this is absolutely nothing to do with you, what's coming up in me is, and then listed the things. So I'm immediately not on the defensive. And that's the whole thing with violent communication. It's like you say, oh, even doing that to begin a conversation, oh, wow, you've just literally triggered somebody and good luck having any useful conversation after you've started a conversation with, oh. Like, oh, Not again. why do I even have to have this conversation right. with you? Right, yeah. right, right. And it's, so there's a lot of, <laughs> so we're gonna, I, I do want to get into the nitty gritty and, and do all the kind of like the four elements of this because it's relevant and it's, it's, I mean, the thing to say is that nonviolent communication has been massively taken out of where it started and it's got into this like, the, the one that I used earlier, the story I'm making up about this in my head is, is yeah. and it's like, because mm, now that's been used so often that it almost is passive aggressive in and of itself because yep. people hear it and it's like, oh, they were about to non-violent communication me. <laughs> so like, we'll take you through the clunky, clunky elements of it. But really the essence of this is where is this you? Where is this your responsibility? Whatever you're bringing, where is it in you? And that's what you take to the other person. Because usually these conversations are happening between friends, family members, or partners, romantic partners. And like the whole point of this is that some hurt has happened somewhere. Mm. And if you approach it with, oh, why am I having this conversation again? You're instantly in blame and accusation and all of the kind of attacking outward energy. But if you approach it with what is essentially, this has come up in me again and I need to raise it. It's an entirely different frequency of energy that comes to the conversation. <laughs> it's inside first, guys. Yeah. Look inside first. Hmm. Not out there blaming or whatever you think hmm. about the other person. Look inside and see what you need first. Hmm. Because the ultimate thing is you're feeling something. Yeah. Therefore... Yes, it might have been an external action, but the thing that it triggered was in you. Yeah. And that's what you're looking to find. All right, here we go. Here we go. Um, so <clears throat> the key element, and I'm going to mix this up in order because the sentence order is different to where the importance is. So there's two really key areas in nonviolent communication. The one is the feeling that has been triggered and getting those feeling words right is really important and we'll go into that. And the second element is how you call out what has triggered those feelings. Because again, it's really important the word choice that you use for how you call out those actions. So let's use one example for this entire podcast and we're going to use the same thing. And essentially, I'm going to envisage that a man in the partnership never puts his dishes away after a meal, like takes them to the kitchen, but doesn't put them in the dishwasher, never like puts things in the dishwasher. And the wife, it really upsets her for many reasons, probably not the actual not putting the plates in the dishwasher thing, yeah. but probably more for the fact that she's asked him a million times and he still hasn't done it. <clears throat> yeah. And that's the situation. So the key difference here between... Let's take the observation of the situation. So give me an example of how she could observe it in a terrible way. So he doesn't put his plates in the dishwasher yeah. because 
he doesn't love me. Or at the end of the day, you may not think he doesn't love me, but at the core of it, that's probably mm-hmm. the wounding mm-hmm. that you're working around that you experienced when you were little mm-hmm. uh, and that is coming up in this small situation. Mm-hmm. He's not putting them in the dishwasher because he doesn't care enough. Yeah. Uh, he's not putting them in the dishwasher because he expects that that is my role mm-hmm. and my role in this and these are all the feelings underneath it, which is great. So th- we can start here. It's fine. I was talking about the actual not putting the dishes well, in the dishwasher. Well, I messed that up. No, no, it's fine. No, it's really fine. And actually, guys, like, sneaky. Like, it's on the board in the opposite direction. So that's not brace. Like, Where am know. I? Yeah, we're on evaluations and judgments instead of feelings and non-feelings. Like, we do have a whiteboard. This is planned, guys. Like... <laughs> Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so the the like, so the whole thing about the not putting his plates in the dishwasher, like, she, this woman in this situation, could walk in and go, "Oh my god, you absolutely never do anything around the house." Uh, okay. Which is not true. The fact is that he hasn't put his plates in the dishwasher that night. And you know, men are great at this. Like, you never take the washing washing in or you never take the rubbish out. It's like, well, I did it three Tuesdays ago when it was bin day that time when you weren't here. It's like, right, you're all just having an argument about the, the never word because that's a judgment of the behavior. It's an absolute addition on top of what's actually happened. So in the start of this sentence, you have to say, when X happens, I feel Y. This is the essence that we're going for. So in this situation, the woman, the wife, is going, when X happens. Now, if she does, when you absolutely never do anything around the house, I feel, and then we'll get onto the feeling words in a second, you're instantly on a non-starter because the man is going, well, hang on a second, I fixed the printer, I changed that light bulb, I put that picture up. So the, the, the evaluation at the beginning has to be accurate. Does that make sense, Bryce? Yes. So the evaluation has to be... Based in facts. Exactly. A clean, again, we're going to use that word a lot, a clean observation of the facts, of what actually happened. So I'd say this conversation is happening the next day. When you didn't put your plates in the dishwasher last night. Huge. Simple observation of fact. Huge, because you can't deny that. There's nothing else connected to it. There's no past events connected to it. Like... The only thing that is present is exactly what happened. Yeah. And the key with this is when you make a judgment rather than an evaluation, you attribute motivation to the other person's actions. I was actually reading some writing that somebody had sent me. And it's interesting because they sent it to me because I'm writing a memoir at the moment and they're also writing a memoir at the moment. And I, my first draft was exactly the same as this person's because in writing it, I'm attributing motivation and meaning to everything that ever happened to me as if I'm in the other person. And it's like, you never do anything around the house because you don't love me. It's exactly where you were. And this is this kind of like, you're attributing way more to a simple act of not putting your plates in the dishwasher. And at that point, you're assuming that you are inside the other person's head and nobody is, ever. Nope. Everything that you're thinking is all about you. Yes. It's all about you. So you get the opportunity to step up and take that responsibility for yourself and your own feelings and the way that you are observing the world. Yeah. And so take this wife in this situation. Yeah. We know it's about the 40 million times he's never put his place in the dishwasher. That's right. But if she approaches the situation with that sentence, she's on a non-starter. So the moment it's triggered... When you didn't put your plates in the dishwasher last night. Mm-hmm. That's the start point for the observation. The, the, not an assessment, not a judgment, just a factual observation of the events. Then we get into the core of what I think nonviolent communication needs to be and is often mistaken. And it's the feelings. Yes. So when you didn't put your plates in the dishwasher last night, I felt. Now, there are a million feeling words But there are also a million words we think are feeling words that are actually not feelings. They are accusations again. So you can go into when you didn't put the dishes in the dishwasher, I felt disrespected, Mm -hmm. attacked, violated. Yes. Mistreated. Abandoned. Yeah. And all of you are thinking, oh, yeah, these are feeling words. These are so not feeling words. These all have an attribution of agency in the other person. So in essence, it's like there is a motivation there because if I say to you, I feel abandoned by you, 
That Ab- means I did something. Yeah, abandonment is done to somebody. Whereas I feel I feel alone is a feeling that is like, solely oh, about me. Yeah. So when you leave me without saying goodbye in the morning, I feel alone is a really useful phrase for a, a woman to say to the husband that goes off to work in the morning. Or vice versa, I was very gender normative, I apologise. But it's that kind of, the feeling is the aloneness. Mm-hmm. The feeling is the emptiness. The feeling is the, the sadness. The feeling isn't abandoned, rejected, unloved, unwanted. Because yeah. it implies that person B intentionally did something to person A. Yes. <laughs> and that's the main difference between feelings and non-feelings. <coughs> Excuse me, listeners. I'm not going to edit this out because I can't be bothered. So there's... <laughs> <laughs> I can build a whole like website thing in a weekend, but... Can't be bothered to edit a few Nah, times. forget to edit. Yeah, no, no. Plus, can't be bothered is my favorite phrase that Brace loves to use. Because apparently it's very English, which I did not realize. I love it. It's like, I can't be bothered. <laughs> Feels good. Implement that into your daily non- <laughs> repertoire of words. But just don't use it in nonviolent communication. Sorry, love. <laughs> yeah, don't use it in nonviolent communication. It's like, I feel this way because I feel alone. No, I can't be bothered. Well, then I was oh like, my gosh. I didn't, why, didn't you, why didn't you put the dishes in the dishwasher? I can't be bothered. <laughs> why do you put the dishes in the dishwasher? <laughs> I can't be bothered. Couldn't be bothered. It's like, yeah, no. Yeah, this is a really bad example. We're not like, yes, don't say this, but okay. Kind of makes it violent. Yeah, really violent. Yeah. Well, and actually, so, and that will really nicely bring us on to the second part of this, because this, this first sentence that we're talking about, where we've got the observation and then the feeling word, is only the first half of nonviolent communication. And again, this is another area where people get things wrong. They're like, when you do X, I feel Y. Mm. And then they leave a great big open space, and then the other person's going, uh okay uh what uh what am i supposed to do about it so let's just whiz back to feeling words and non-feeling words and finish this bit and then we can get on to the second part of the sentence so feeling words are all of the ones which imply a solo emotion give us a few examples my dear solo emotion yeah these feeling words feelings associated with unmet needs um if you're angry about something you can say i feel angry Mm -hmm. you can say i feel hate Mm -hmm. well this is where it gets american Uh, the the correct english people is hatred (laughs) i'm so sorry i know my mother's just a grammar pedant so she would kill me if i left that one hanging (laughs) excellent and but it is like i feel angry i feel Afraid, anxious, edgy, I feel agony, I feel Mm. anguish, Mm. I feel uh, tired. Confused. Yes. I feel frightened, concerned. um, Surprised. Conflicted, bewildered. Mm. Mm. But not, and notice we haven't said attacked, abandoned, rejected, unloved, you know, and also... You, I would not say I feel like my needs are not being met because, again, that implies that somebody else is failing in the situation. Yes, and it implies somebody's taking action. It's almost it's like it's like verbs. Mm. It's like don't use verbs. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's one hundred percent all verbs, the way through. Verbs about other people. So, like yeah. everything that we say that's a non-feeling word, essentially, is attributing action from another person. Yeah. It has to be done to you rather than emanate from within you. Got it. So, okay, we've got the first part of this sentence, this whole observation, feeling. Mm -hmm. So when you do X, I feel Y. Mm -hmm. And then we get onto the heart of the matter. And this is where I really, really, really want people to realize that the the mechanics of nonviolent communication are interesting because it's actually what we're doing with these sentences is neurologically cueing somebody to not react. And that's the whole point. It's like we're decreasing the neurological stimulus Mm. so people don't actually react. But the heart of everything and why you would do this in the first place is because the heart of every relational conflict is an unmet need. And usually, spoiler alert, it's got not... It's not solely to do with the husband that's not putting the dishes in the dishwasher. That's a trigger as an adult for some unmet need that's been constant since Back you were when a kid. You were a kid. Yeah. yeah. So within context of having needs, there is a whole again like a glossary of needs that can be met. And again, it has to be a need that can be met by another person that emanates from within you. So 
what are examples of some needs, Bryce? Um, let me see here. I have like a whole list of words here. Um, I need acceptance. Mm -hmm. I need affection. Mm -hmm. I need community mm -hmm. or belonging, inclusion. Mm -hmm. uh, I need growth. I need flow. Mm -hmm. I need diversity creativity, mm -hmm. depth. Um, I need comfort. Mm -hmm. I need choice. Mm -hmm. I need space. I need security, mm -hmm. self-expression. Mm -hmm. And these are, these are great needs because I think there's a whole, and what I'm probably going to try and do is create a link for you in this podcast episode to a whole list of feeling words and non-feeling words and then a whole needs inventory because I have those somewhere and I can upload them online and give you a link yeah. because actually just even contemplating this changes the way you experience your own triggers because if you can walk through life going oh I feel this what need isn't being met here what's not being seen by me what is what is what is underneath this feeling that's coming up yeah and that and just really exploring that is going to give you some big insight into some of the things that you may have been struggling with that you didn't necessarily know because you you can't know what you don't know so you got to go in there and do a little digging do a little research on yourself mm -hmm. and that will make you and i go back to it again more aware mm -hmm. of what you're experiencing and potentially um what exactly it helps you define what exactly is coming up for you mm. and then you have the opportunity to go and look where that wasn't met and why it's such a sensitive place right. for you yes. in your in your being because yes. i guarantee you that it's affecting more than just one area right. of your life and this is where a conflict that you and your partner have about not putting the dishes in the dishwasher is such an opportunity because it's actually allowing you to see into well, what need really isn't being met there? Yeah. Where did that come from? Where am I showing up like this in the rest of my life, feeling resentful that needs aren't being met? Yeah. And for me, I feel that this piece is the core of it. And what I hope you're grasping as we run through this is that this isn't a quick process for you to work out your nonviolent communication sentence. This is not something that's ever said in the heat of the moment. It's why I said the next day, the wife says, when you didn't put your dishes in the dishwasher last night. Because... Yeah. If you go in when the dishes are there, you start with a huff and puff. Yeah. In the heat of the moment. Sorry, Brace is in a singing mood at the moment. Yeah. Guys, you just have to put up with it. It's just one of the things that... That I do. <laughs> that he does. <laughs> but yeah, it's in that like space where the intensity is there, you don't have time to go, oh, hang on a second, which part of my needs weren't met? Check, let me check my inventory checklist. Mm -hmm. Take the time. Like, recognize the trigger. Catch it. Move on with the evening. Go watch television. Like... Know that you're going to get that, back to it and trust that you're going to get back to it right. and it's going to get handled. Don't let it yeah. spill over into the rest of the evening and onto everything that you're trying to do and enjoy. Right, because that will only further affect the relationship. And it just compounds. It yeah. just compounds. We don't know. It's like interest, compound the hell out of it. Mm. This, you don't want to compound <laughs> that. No. Right, yeah. right. So when you don't put the dishes in the dishwasher, I feel upset mm. mm -hmm. and then you state the need because I need to know you're in this with me simple sentence says a lot particularly women this is just a sneaky slight manipulation thing but like play the damsel in distress because actually it's part of our nature this goes back to the masculine and feminine dynamics thing it's like a lot of women in this world at this moment in time have been brought up to believe they can be everything and anything, which means they think they have to be everything and do everything. Actually, it's very healthy for us to need things from the masculine because our need allows the masculine to give and protect. And that and goes right back gives, to gives yeah. and receiving. So as a woman to say, I really need you to do this or because I have the need to know that you're in this, you're running this house with me because I need you to do the thing so that I can feel safe is essentially what's underneath all of this. Yeah. And that may sound dramatic to some of you, but what's more dramatic? Holding on to that and let it build up and just everything else? Or just 
handling it. Mm. And it's so funny, actually. I'm, way. And I'm, I'm just because we've actually people on YouTube will recognize that we've shifted angles. So I've kind of got a different view. And this is just reminding me of what happened. So Brace and I are in my Airbnb to record these podcasts. And we took the pictures down there on the wall to take a photo one day. And one of the hooks didn't go back in. And um, I was like, need some polyfiller that you guys don't call it polyfiller here but you call it like putty or something whatever and Brace was like it doesn't make any sense and I was like right whatever (laughs) stuff to fill holes (laughs) and so um you went to Home Depot and bought some for me and I just assumed you'd had some at home and you came in with it I was like oh my god why did you do that you didn't need to do that like oh goodness and then I filled the hole and then sometime later I was like, I actually don't have a hammer or a picture hook to put this back up. So you brought the hammer and the picture hook. And then I was like, are you not going to put it in for me? Are you not going to do the job for me? And you were like, oh, well, you're just like, so you do everything. I just didn't know whether you were going to let me do that for you. And it's just, this is a perfect example of how we have shifted in the time that we've known one another. Where like the first was like, oh my God, you didn't need to do that, Bryce. You didn't need to do the lovely thing and go to Home Depot and buy me some bloody wall filler. Um, and the second one was like, put it, put the picture up. Like, do, do the job. And I was like, oh, I'm... Okay. And then he did. Sure. And he even put it up straight, guys. It's a miracle. You just tell me what I need to do. Right. But it's that, and that essence, and particularly with men, when the woman goes, I really need you to do X, Y, Z, it makes the man feel so safe because it's so known. And guys, women are so confusing to men. We are complicated, and we have so many things that go on in our world, Mm. soup of emotions, that when we break it down and make it super clear and say, this is what I need, and I imagine this conversation between this fictional man and woman has happened a million times where the wife's just gone from a place of irritation and nagging and gone, would you please just put your fucking dishes in the dishwasher? He's never going to step up to that. But if the wife says, because I really need to feel like we're in this together and I know it's a really small thing, but somewhere in you putting the dishes in the dishwasher, I just feel loved. Oh my God, those dishes are going to be in the dishwasher every single night from that moment on. Because, because the guy gets man, to step up and be like, man this is all I have to do to show her that I love her? Friggin' A, I'm on this, like, white on rice. But, Let's do it. What? <laughs> but what man wouldn't... Give me more dishes. What man wouldn't want to step up to make a woman feel loved? The man that she's definitely not supposed to be with. Right, that's, true. That's the one. Right, so we're assuming, and this is a good test of your relationship, say statements which mean, <laughs> I need to feel loved. And then if he doesn't step up, take it back to the drawing board. Yeah, we're giving... A lot of ammunition to a lot of people. And this goes for men as well. You get to have these same nonviolent communication conversations oh, with, your, yes. with your partner as well. Yes. Um, and it can be it yeah. can be exactly vice versa. Like it can the same situation. Because the whole point of the end of nonviolent communication is you make a request. I need you to put the dish, dishes in the dishwasher because it helps me to feel really loved and safe. The answer can always be no, guys. And this is this is key. And if the man in this situation says that's ridiculous <laughs> okay that's not a great response but if the man then chooses to nonviolent communication this he can say i understand where you're coming from and i love that you brought this to me the reason i haven't done this is because when you have nagged me about this in the past see the statement of fact because she will have nagged and it's not an accusatory statement it's a statement of fact mm-hmm. i have felt so hurt because what I need is to feel safe in my own home and so we're now absolutely not talking about dishes in the dishwasher we're having a deep conversation about where each other is disrespecting and I'm going to use that word as an observation from my perspective not that they would say it to one another the other's needs because oftentimes the arguments that you're going to have are about really benign things dishes in the dishwasher is the bed made do you take the rubbish out put the cap on the toothpaste (laughs) <laughs> right yes <laughs> I'm just, I don't know that just came up <laughs> I was just wondering whether that was she, like she just paused and looked at me like what <laughs> no I was just thinking I wonder if that's dredged up from personal life oh content. no 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 my uh, my wife she she is a toothpaste cap putter on her <laughs> Good. And Brace is a dishwasher putter away. So, like, this yeah. is a healthy relationship. Yeah, because my wife. <laughs> oh, that so much. Oh. I love you, babe. Yeah, we do love you, and I'm sorry. 
I did promise her that we would talk about her less, but you know, I failed. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Oh, babe, she lied. I lied. <laughs> we love you. Because I have to talk about you all the time. Anyway, okay, so back to nonviolent <laughs> communication. Yes. So you can actually start having really deep conversations because yeah. those Just... triggers that you feel like when that person does that thing, it really upsets me. Why? Go into your why, bring that to the other person, give them the opportunity to change. But if they come back at you with a, oh, I hear what you're saying and I see what you mean, but this is my side of this story, it just changes the depth of your relationship. Yeah, because a lot of us approach life in general with this hero-villain kind of storyline. I am right and that person is wrong and I am justified in the way that I feel and they are not, but you're only assuming that i mean it, it really what you're doing is just assuming mm-hmm. you're assuming that you're right and you're assuming that they're wrong and this gives you an opportunity to see yourself maybe as the villain mm. in in this storyline mm-hmm. and you've just been holding on to this haven't said anything in a positive way mm. and you never even knew the other side of the story mm. it's like could be well babe the reason i haven't put the dishes in the dishwasher because i'm you know Truth be told, I'm absolutely terrified of dishwashers. Well, no. <laughs> and it's like, babe, no, no really? No, I've been thinking you don't love me this whole time. But there's a secret thing about dishwashers. So have you noticed? Well, like, and this is really being specific about dishwashers. But there are people who can load dishwashers and there are people who really can't. So if this has come from the fact that the husband tried when they were first together to load the dishwasher and she was always critical, even if she never said it out loud, but always would just rearrange it so more plates went in and the cutlery was up the way that she wanted it. And the, He'll just stop doing it. He'll just stop doing it because subtly that is a criticism. Even if she never said anything about the dishwasher, he's got the impression that he has he can't do it right. And then they didn't talk about it and so it's been like this and she's been thinking one thing and he's been thinking the other thing and no, and one's, then, no and, one's communicating. And then all she's done is nag him about it and he's gone, oh my God, I'd love to put the dishes in the dishwasher but you know I'm going to put that plate in the wrong way around and you know I'm going to do this thing. And we're being a bit facetious. Right. But... You see... uh, How many of you are literally having... Dishwasher so many different Well, dishwasher (laughs) conversations are so many different scenarios where you're like, oh my God. Right. This happens so many times in different areas. And we all do it. We all do it. And we've all done it. And I think that this brings me on to what I really want to say. And this is not on the the whiteboard brace, so I'm going off piste. I apologize. But this is what I really want to say about having effective relationships. Setting the ground rules for communication, super important. So actually not like detailing the whole kind of this, that, and the other, and the four stages of having a sentence that means that you have communicated yeah. nonviolently. Yeah. But actually knowing, particularly if you know deep stuff about one another, knowing where the hard line is in an argument. So knowing that even if you get into heat, there are certain things that neither of you can say about one another. Like, oh, you're, you're going to turn into your father. Or, oh, oh yeah, right. no, that's not fair. All of these things. And the problem with communication is that if one person or both people feel like if they just get into heat, somebody's going to leverage the kneecap chopping off moment of sentence that's going to be so hurtful that they don't feel safe they're never going to walk towards communication and conversation so actually having a conversation with your partner where you understand how you want to talk about things Mm. and where your hard lines are and never being never feeling like you can't say what you feel or need because suddenly they're going to push the the big red button that you've said don't touch that helps people feel a lot safer. And all of this is about the safety to bring stuff up. Let's keep it safe, guys. <laughs> keep it safe. Well, and this, this is exactly it. So everything about communication is, is it safe to bring this up? And we're never thinking about, is it safe to bring this up in this situation? We're thinking, was this safe the last time I bought something big to the table Mm. not is this person the person that i love to death and would never say boo to a goose no it's am i safe in having this feeling am i safe in feeling this and all we're trying to do is we're we're apes we're just trying to get through this neocortex thing that we have like oh gosh we can have language and say things that can hurt people trying to work out a way to do it in a way that doesn't put nuclear bombs into the situation yep that's why we wanted to have this conversation because it's 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 a huge need 
for just people in general mm. and the way that we move through. And yeah, it may feel clunky and a little bit scripted, but it gets the job done in an efficient way mm. and it gives you tools and skills. And all of a sudden, before you even know it, you're in these deep, meaningful, like life-changing conversations that you get to do with your partner or your friend or your colleague or whatever. Uh, and everybody's on the same page and everybody at the end of the day feel safe and heard and listened to mm. and i feel that the the way that you can start to move through life when you know you can bring stuff to the table is completely different because you suddenly feel like all those moments where your needs weren't met as a child you don't have to go through every single one of them like a a library of like oh what need wasn't met oh, oh what need wasn't met sometimes it's just repatterning the nervous system around whether your needs will be met or not mm. so a lot of what we do in coaching is actually look at childhood trauma look at historic trauma to, to change the future experience and a lot of what some coaches do is go into every single major impactful moment and think oh we need to completely like reevaluate this and there's huge merit in some of those but what I like to also do is completely bear in mind what the end goal is Yes, the end goal is sometimes understanding those moments in the past. And there are big moments for where that is super useful. And then general gists where that's super useful. But actually, what's the goal is repatterning the nervous system response in the future and in the now. And sometimes that involves reflection. But oftentimes it it involves changing the moments. So actually experiencing different safeties doesn't mean you have to go back and like, oh, I wasn't safe in that moment, so that's why X felt like Y. It's actually oh, my nervous system's gone and done the same thing that it did and the world didn't fall apart. The other shoe didn't drop. Yeah, and there's a little bit of a a stretching that happens and Mm. relief and it's like, oh, same thing doesn't happen Mm. when I do... Do what I did then. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And so that, for me, is the gift that we as partners can give to people when we accept their nonviolent communication. And if you're trying this with your partner educate them on what you're trying to do because if you suddenly leverage this really clunky four-part sentence yeah they're, they're going to be like so confused <laughs> so and yeah, yeah yeah so it's it's definitely a duo kind of thing and have a conversation about having conversations well is it always a duo kind of thing depends it depends how up for it your partner is you can do this on your own sorry oh sorry siri's joining it on the podcast i apologize guys um so you can do this on your own and you can kind of try and if you, as long as you get this smooth and you think about it and yeah. see what happens oftentimes i found with my clients that this brings up a conversation where the partner's like what are you doing like what, what this is this felt different like what's going on yeah. and then it actually turns into a duo um event where yeah. you have a conversation about how you how you want to have conversations and that is the most important conversation and that's a that huge that's a huge need that yeah. is a massive need yeah this is how i need to communicate yes or and how I, we need to communicate at least for the time being Mm. when stuff is charged Mm -hmm. Mm. and it can be yeah this doesn't have to be every conversation that's not what we're saying it's like if if you're getting triggered and you need to express yourself Mm. and expressing yourself is going to help you in your journey Mm. about figuring out what's going on with you and Mm. why you're feeling certain ways about whatever this uh, relationship is Mm -hmm. this is a good tool Mm. to use until you get to a really comfortable safe space mm. with the other person in that dynamic mm. and you know you can take it from there this is just a tool yeah 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 and i really 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 want to end by bringing it back to the yes this is a duo thing but this is an entirely inside job because the major part of nonviolent communication is the identify identification of the feeling Solo mission, solo feeling, and the need, which is all about you. It's you, 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 you. And so just as a word to the wise, when we have communications, oftentimes you get people who are, there's phrases for these, but I'll just explain it. There's people who want to stick in and talk it out till it's done. And there are people who really need to escape to actually get space, to reflect, to come back. And if you don't know which one of those you are and you don't know which one of those your partner is, you are going to screw up conversations every time because I'm a stick in it. I really need to have the end of the conversation, don't like going to bed on an argument, all of those kinds of things. But if I'm in relationship with someone who needs to walk away, 
and they just do that, I also have abandonment wounding. So if they walk away, even if it's for two minutes to go to the loo just to get a break or to like have a glass of water, and I've been in charged conversation, I feel abandoned. There ain't no way that that person's coming back to the conversation and I'm in at all the right space to speak about it. So if you know you've got an abandonment patterning and you know your partner's somebody who needs space, you know that about each other, and the one who needs space needs to be educated to give the partner a by when, a I need to take a minute, I love you, I need to take my breathing space, I am going for a walk, I will be back by this time, or I will be back in half an hour. Because at that point, you're not allowing the abandonment to be triggered in the person who has that wounding and those patterns. And this all starts with awareness. Because like, this sounds great, but if you don't know which one you are, and you haven't said to your partner, what do you need when you get into these situations? Mm. And some people like to diffuse the situation with humor. That's massively triggering to people have the conversation about how you argue and how you feel when certain things happen because suddenly you're having not just non-violent communication but clear, clean, effective, honouring communication and the communication which doesn't just honour your needs and what's coming from you but honours the patterns and the triggers and the perspectives of the other person that you obviously love dearly otherwise you wouldn't be bothered with non-violent communication you just annoy people and walk away. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So... It's all about you. It's an inside job. And go to the show notes if you want to have some insights into the feeling words and the non-feeling words and the observations <laughs> and the needs inventory and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I'll do that work to get that put up. I love it. I'm laughing at myself because I was like, yep, yep. Because I agree with everything with everything that you're saying. I mean, there's really nothing more for me to add. Mm. Um, Except to say that yeah. you do communicate like this. It's like sometimes within our dynamic um and me as well but sometimes i think for you in particular actually getting the nuts and bolts of the tools feels really kind of like oh it's a thing that i have to get right and it's it's, it feels like quite like hard and yet if you grasp the essence of this trust me that's enough and that's true and that's usually the way i end up going it's really reviewing my life how i have done a lot of stuff a lot learned a lot of skills I, I grasp an essence and then I throw kind of my own personal spin on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you don't have to do the structured sentences mm-hmm. unless that resonates with you. Yeah. And remember what I said at the beginning of this, Brace and I have just had a conversation at which Brace prefaced with, I need you to know that this is absolutely not about you. This is coming up in me. And then, and then said some things which could have been taken as hurtful but we're all about you. And I knew it wasn't about me because you told me it wasn't about me. <laughs> and at that point, you're actually having clear and proper conversation. And yeah, we didn't need to use the tools and techniques. But actually, when you start a conversation with this is what's coming up, you often don't go to those attacking words and those judgmental phrases. Yeah, there's no need you, because we use those to defend ourselves mm. more than anything. Mm. Not And they may feel like attacking words, but you're attacking because you are trying to keep yourself safe. That's how you're defending yourself. So we use the wrong, we use violent words Mm. or Mm. violent ways of expressing those words. Mm. And our words are the only ways really that we have to directly communicate. This is the way that human beings have designed, Mm. you know, how we communicate efficiently. Mm. I mean, language is one of the things that makes us different from the rest of the animal kingdom is because we have this ability to pass down information from generation to generation to generation to generation through our language. Mm. And so how we use our language is very important. And naming things has huge power. There's a whole gate in the ancient I Ching which is all about naming things. It's all about literally the power that it lends to something when you name it. Um, And so... Can Can I have an example? Yes, well, it's just, it's the 60-second gate of the ancient I Ching, if people want to look at it, or the 60-second gene key, if you're in that mood. And it's actually the gate of detail, because ultimately, as soon as you name something, we actually did this yesterday when we were outside, just because as soon as you name that something's a bottle, you've given context to that entire thing, because a bottle contains fluid. Got like, it. it's, okay. not, it's not glass object, although it is a glass object, right? 
It's just a glass object. It is to us because we named it and therefore it becomes the reality. But if you then name it a bottle, that's a different kind of glass object because the glass object could be an ornament. It could be a... Yeah. So it's the, this power that you lend to naming things. But the key about that power of naming things is you have to assume that the language is common. And unfortunately, language is not common. Like the hilarity, hilarity that we have here where like I say a word and you're just like, what? Because like, it just doesn't translate because language is not common. And so a lot of this stuff where you're like naming needs and things like that, if you need to give your partner an explanation of the feeling, do it. Because your landscape for alone is entirely different from somebody else's landscape yeah, of alone. But make it about you. Don't make it about right. them. Right. It's not about them yeah. at the end of the day. It's about you and what you need. And being able to communicate that effectively. And sometimes yeah. you need to highlight the landscape of what your need is. Because more harm has been done by just assuming that other people would know what you needed or know what you wanted or know what you were thinking. Say it, guys. Like Express it. Ask for it. You deserve it. Yeah. You do. You do deserve it. Mm. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> People do. Mm. Give it to yourself. Give it to yourself first, and then you can give it to everybody else. And then you can ask for it if it needs to be met by another person. That's right. I love it. <laughs> so for now. I don't know. Do, are, are, no, how are we done. feeling? Yeah, no, no. Oh, no. man, this is... We could go on forever, but we're just going to start repeating ourselves. So if you want more questions, if you want us to do live demos of nonviolent communication, if you are the kind of person who wants to come on and talk to us about your relationship from a live coaching perspective, we are going to start offering that on yeah. the podcast. We are going to do live coaching. Yeah. There'll be shorter episodes. Um, and again, I will work out the technology, but I'm sure I'll be able to do it somehow. We'll, yeah, we'll take care of business. Yeah. Send us an email, podcast at unveilenterprises.com. Like us, share subscribe and then send check it to your out friends. yeah check out our new website yes www.unveilenterprises.com but for now my name is brace harris and i am victoria fenton and we are unveil, unveil.